Welcome to What's Your Therapy, the podcast that looks to explore and dispel the myths around therapy and what that means to the individual. My name is Natalie McIver, and I'm a psychotherapist working in private practice with a background in grief and loss. I have a particular interest in neurodiversity, trauma, menopause, and addiction. Each week, you'll hear me talk to therapists, practitioners, facilitators, coaches, guides, and mentors about their modalities, how they work, how they can help, and what to expect, plus a little bit of their own story. I'm so excited to share today's episode with you, so let's get on with the show. Welcome to What's Your Therapy with me, Natalie McIver. On this week's episode, I'm joined by a woman who has inspired me throughout my career and who I consider to be a mentor. She's a psychotherapist, businesswoman, entrepreneur, and co-founder of the Ease Psychological Practice in Surrey. With a background in business, Bridget has used her understanding of managing and growing business relationships, combined with her highly skilled qualification of being a counsellor and psychotherapist. Along with her late husband and co-founder, Stephen Kelly, they built The Eves, a successful and growing business, making it the most attractive place for counsellors, such as myself, psychologists and psychotherapists to practice in the Surrey area. There are now more than 100 practitioners at the Eves, offering an extensive range of therapeutic approaches across dedicated private practices in Guildford, Godalming and Farnham. Not only that, but the Eves is proud to be providing their own EAP counselling services to SME business and low-cost counselling to the local community provided by final year counselling students. So Bridget, welcome. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm really grateful because I know your time is precious. Hi, Boris, Natalie. Nice to see you. So I'm wondering, Bridget, if we can start off by talking about what led you to create the Eves? Why the Eves? Um, the, the basis of it was I qualified in 2001, which seems uh, an entirely different age ago and uh, at that time um, Stephen and I qualified together we both naively thought that you'd qualify and then people would be queued down the street to see you and it didn't happen that way <laughs> and it was quite a shock really and um, we'd both qualified um, in the evenings and we did weekend diplomas to work alongside our, our main job and uh, we're convinced that we could qualify quit our jobs and, and be counselling forever um, so we eventually had to rent an office ourselves in the centre of Godalming and sign a two-year contract which when you've got zero income is pretty scary uh, prospect to be personally liable for that much money and um, we just kind of tried to work it ourselves and then we got approached by another council so we're not using it on a, a Wednesday afternoon could I rent it from you um, and that kind of started this the whole thinking of the eve at that time I was um, uh, an account director for also trader uh, which involved lots of traveling to uh, different countries and lots of going up the motorway to Birmingham and uh, enabled me and the manager that I worked alongside to just kind of flesh out the idea of these and how it might work and how how we might support one another because 
I was qualified to counsel adults only. I didn't counsel couples at that time. I certainly didn't know anyone that counseled children or people with particular um, mental illnesses and so, or addictions even. And so that for me meant that, that the idea of a group of professionals coming together um, and helping one another just seems enormously attractive. Mm. Uh, and how did you come up with the name, the E? The E. It's a little bit of a, uh, well, our, our first premises had this beautiful uh, timbered Eve. Um, so that was the, the first kind of idea. But I was kind of thought about the Priory and thought, well, the Priory is not all in Priories. I know that for a fact because I've, I've seen a few of them. And so I thought, well, under the Eve is kind of like an umbrella yeah. uh, phrase so that we're all under the Eve, under the same umbrella together. Uh, as equals working together um, and that that was quite um, attractive to me I think. Well I have to thank you um, on behalf of myself and all the other uh, therapists out there who <laughs> use the EVES because um, yeah it, when you qualify it's a very real fear and I remember having mm. this conversation with you about oh, god what if I don't get <laughs> what if I don't get any clients and um, and it it you know you're 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 paying your money and you're getting your room and that can all feel quite daunting but because of how the eaves works that certainly wasn't my case uh, it it didn't happen like that for me I was lucky I had clients I didn't have to wait yeah and that's what you provide I think every year is one of the unique things that we do uh, we're not just a room rental practice one of the unique things that we do is we invest a lot of money and time into our, our website, our online um, sort of uh, presence. All, all of those things are things that counsellors and psychologists are typically not very good at, um, mm. unlike you, but typically most of them are not very good at that. And there's um, a certain uh, gratitude for, from them that we're working so hard on their behalf uh, to generate leads, to generate clients, um, to find the right people for them to see and to grow their practice um, in a safe and, and supportive environment. So you know, people like you, Nat, that have come in and, and have worked hard on their own networking and their own um presence in our profession uh do extremely well at the eaves and um you know that that's kind of the ethos that we we like to encourage and there's very much a feeling of it being a, a team whilst we all work individually um mm. you I do very much feel that the eaves that you we are under the eaves and yeah. and and that we are being held uh which I guess that's been important for you it's been important for me, not just for the affiliates, but for clients and mm. for um, GPs and other people that refer into us, because there's something around the uh, predictability and the stableness of these that they really genuinely like. Um, and it means that GPs can refer knowing that their patients will be seen within a week, um, you know. Uh, mums in the playground can recommend to other mums in the playground and so on. And you know they, they know that the ease is still going to be there and I think that's the difference between the ease and individual practitioners as well um you know one, one GP said to me I could be referring to somebody who's full who's moved who's dead or anything and I don't know whereas the ease is very much a presence uh, online and in the towns that we're based in 
Yes, uh, that's that's very true. And tell me, uh, Bridget, uh, for those of our listeners who 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 won't know anything about the Eves or indeed the therapists um, and your affiliates, what what type of therapists do you have there? What type of therapy can people access? We have a minimum entry level requirement, and that was set up from the very start of the Eve. We were determined from the off to be purely psychological practices and purely recognised psychological practices. Not to say that they're, you know, holistic centres and what have you, they definitely have their place in society, but we wanted to have uh, almost a medical model so that people could recognise our um, affiliates accrediting bodies that they could recognize the qualifications that our affiliates have and every single EVE affiliate has been um, interviewed by me we hold all of their insurances we hold all of their qualifications and their memberships on file and renew those on an annual basis when they do um, and so for me you know it doesn't really matter we, we have um, union analysts we have consult therapists we have transactional analysis we have couples therapists family therapists so we, we cover pretty much everything that you could hope for um, and but all kind of work together on that, knowing that you're dealing on a level with a very professional person. Um, you know, we, we don't need to sort of check one another's qualifications. Being part of these is, is your qualification, if you like. Mm. So what could somebody uh, expect if they were seeking counselling through the EADS? Um, we've got a sort of like a two two entry system. So one could be um, a, a client can go online, and we've got uh, on our website we've got five set questions, which help a client to filter down by um, who the counselling for, the practice uh, location, the time of appointment that you want, the type of help that you want. Uh, it can help filter down to say two or three affiliates and then you can contact them directly either via the phone or an online form um, you can contact the ease directly through our online form or you can phone one of our team who are incredibly experienced at helping people find the right kind of help for them or for a family member or whoever because I'm guessing you know that the whole point of this podcast is to talk about the different types of therapy there are out there and and we don't always know what we're looking for do we we know that we're distressed, but we don't necessarily know what's going to be the right fit for us. I do feel for uh, clients sometimes because it, it, it can just, it can feel very um, overwhelming. We are at fault ourselves for using acronyms, for using language that can confuse clients. Um, so if, if somebody calls up to say, you know, I need help with my child who's school refusing um, we can easily find them the right person to talk to um, which is why I mean we, we take around 180 referrals online direct to our practitioners but also we have around 130 to 150 calls uh, to place clients um, and, and that's simply somebody who's overwhelmed and goes I haven't got a clue what I'm doing pick up the phone um, our team are really experienced. They know all of the practitioners personally. It's not some call centre um, up north or something. You know, that we actually are in person in practice and we talk to our practitioners daily. Uh, so they do know the right person for you. Mm -hmm. And what would they expect in terms of uh, being 
uh, contact being made by the therapist? How long would that take? We expect it to be made within 24 hours. So what will happen is we will talk to the client or, or the client's, um, you know, whoever's calling on behalf of them. We will ascertain their requirements, speak to the practitioner and call the client back to say your practitioner will be in touch within 24 hours. And then the um, the patient or client can expect uh, an appointment within a week at one of various practices that they've requested. So that, time, online. that timeline seems very quick. Uh, yeah. And especially... Um, given the waiting lists at the moment, I've, I've found even particularly this week, Natalie, we, we've had three referrals through in the last few days for people saying that the NHS waiting list is getting longer and longer, um, and they want to uh, access private counselling. Um, that's one of the reasons that we've actually doubled the amount of counselling um, counselling students that we have, and uh, so now we have eight counselling students who run our low-cost service so we provide a low-cost service to the local community for face-to-face counselling for £25 a session um, which has proved valuable for people that are languishing on the NHS waiting list. I mean absolutely that's just just to have that uh, as an option you know for for some people it you know is could be life-saving actually. That's the reality. Absolutely. And, and we've, we've deliberately made it non uh, time limited. So, you know, some some of our clients have seen uh, one of our students for up to a year. Uh, it's incredibly valuable for counselling students, but it's that yes. continuity for the for the client that means so much to their recovery or their, their mental health going forward. Now, you've mentioned that they're counselling students and our listeners out there might go, oh, hang on a minute. I'm not sure how comfortable <laughs> I am. Um, seeing a student can you talk a little bit about that and where they are in their studies well we we work with various uh, universities and colleges um, and we interview all of our students very thoroughly and they are second year students so they've already done an academic year and lots of sort of peer work with amongst themselves Um, but we pay a professional supervisor uh, to come in and supervise them as a group um, twice a month, uh, which is quite expensive for us, but we think it's really important that clients are very well looked after and that the students are very closely supervised. Um, as I say, they are final year students, but they are counselling professionals in all but a few months in a lot of cases. Um, and uh, the experience that they bring is valuable to us as well. Absolutely. And having been in that position myself, I know how valuable that that learning is, but also how, you know, eager I was to, yeah. um, you know, to, to work with these clients and to make it to make a difference. So I think- and you you also know how valuable your supervision was at that time as well. Matt. you know, when you're having group supervision on your placement and out, outside one to one supervision, you as a student you used that incredibly well. I remember. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and I. I found uh, the supervision that I had at my placement was was really valuable, but I was very aware that I could benefit from further supervision. Um, mm. And it 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 changed how I practiced as a as a counsellor without a shadow of a doubt. I think one one to one supervision is is invaluable for for any counsellors, just as it is having group supervision or peer supervision just to have that somebody else, you know, reflecting back to you how you're practicing and yeah. 
you know, are you happy with that? <laughs> is that <laughs> is that the way you want to work? Yeah, exactly. And and so um, we talked about the the EMP as well. What what is that, Bridget? Uh, the EAP. EAP, sorry, yeah. It's, it's the Employee Assistance Programme. So um, we work with quite a few employers in the local area, although we can work online across the UK. Um, it, is, it happens when an employee is maybe off work with mental health difficulties and uh, an employer wants to help them um, not only get better, but to get back to work because it costs companies an awful lot of money um, in uh, mental health um, issues every year so we provide the EAP uh, employee assistance program so the um, employee can access access six sessions face-to-face with a qualified therapist at the eve um, and then the employer will get a report which is anonymized but just that somebody has accessed it and, um, you know, these are the improvement scores and so on. And it means that the employer is covered, that they've tried to address um, some of the difficulties that the employee has had. Um, And the employee gets an incredible benefit, really, and a very generous one by their employer. And so that that kind of package, when you're um, going into a company, can seem quite attractive to be able to access that very quickly. Mm -hmm. I suppose that leads me on to ask Bridget about the changes that you've seen over the years within the counselling profession. Um, in the, when I first started, a counsellor could happily leave an answer machine on and call a client back within a couple of days and put them on a waiting list and so on. I think what's happened in a counselling profession uh, is that it's become so much swifter. Um, we have to respond quickly and, and as you said earlier that you know when a client calls out for help they want help now yeah. uh, they don't expect to have to wait um, for us to today to call them back so we understand the urgency of their request and we respond to it with the same urgency um, and the same timeliness you know when when a, when a child is refusing school or self-harming a parent doesn't want to have to wait six months to see somebody they want to see somebody right now because it's a painful situation or or when a couple hits crisis mm-hmm. um you know they don't want to go onto a waiting list they want to see somebody now and at the eve i think really recognizes that and we respond very rapidly with it we we understand that the online world is so much um so much more present in people's lives over 70 percent of our hits on our website come from a mobile device this was people on the train or right? um, yeah, or on the, in the playground or wherever. Mm. So it's the 70%. So we had to change our website to be much more mobile friendly and things like that. So we're, we're constantly innovating um, and trying to kind of keep up with what clients want. And I think the pandemic is a great example of how previously many councillors would poo-poo the online um, opportunity or options. But now it's actually one of our... Um, Subscription options at the ease is to be an online counsellor because we do still get online requests. Yeah. Less and less each month, it has to be said. I think people are a bit zoomed out, to be honest with you. But um, I think, you know, I think it will always have a place. Uh, I've certainly got clients myself who are um, unable to sort of come out for either age or health reasons. And yes. um, another client who's moved away but still wants to see me. And so I think it will always have its place now. I think this has changed the landscape somewhat. I, I agree. And I know that uh, 
when the pandemic first hit and I was working in hospice, um, you know, obviously as counsellors, we couldn't, we couldn't access the, you know, we couldn't go onto the wards. So n- now there is that option, you know, it is in place mm. for clients to be able yeah. to Zoom um, at all, you know, people with, uh, ang- you know, disabilities, maybe yeah. neurodiversity that prevents them from actually going and working face to face with somebody. Yeah. So Absolutely. we've learned that there is there is and can be value in that, whereas perhaps before the pandemic, we, as you say, poo-pooed working <laughs> online a bit. I, I think the um, the landscape has changed for counsellors, and I think we've had to be a lot more um, humble mm-hmm. and real. Um, I'm kind of thinking of a psychiatrist that I saw many years ago who was wearing his bow tie and talking down to everybody. Um, and it was some years ago now, but I think, you know, the, the fact that we are all human and that we are all um, flawed and we're all wounded, you know, I think all of those things have value. And there, there is no place for hierarchy now within the counselling world. Um, many would argue that there never was, but it was certainly there when I when I qualified and it's certainly not there now. Well, that's very reassuring, I think, to know, <laughs> to know that. Um, so as an affiliate, what would you expect to receive when you become part of the EVES? One of the things that we do very well with our affiliates is onboarding. So we, we ask a lot of detail at the, at the beginning so that we get to know them really quickly and really well. Yeah. Um, we don't um, <clears throat> ignore our affiliates. Uh, we have uh, CPD events of which you've hosted one recently. Thank you. Um, and that's an opportunity for learning. Uh, we provide it free of charge, um, even uh, yeah, at a cost to us because we just recognize its value and um, practitioners getting together, sharing knowledge um, and, and sort of uh, being able to refer to one another. So uh, referrals within the eaves to one another is, is very high and, and that's how it should be. Um, so we kind of like to stay out of it really, um, but give you that guiding hand and, and any help that you need. Um, we make sure that we uh, we have analytics on our website. So if you as a practitioner, if your profile isn't performing, then we have a look at it and we work with you to try and improve your, your performance. So we, we're kind of, we're, we're working with you in a marketing sense, but also in a, a holding collaborative sense. Yes. Um, because we recognise we've all been there. We've all all been newly qualified or um, come back into the workplace or just come out of um, private practice at home into into the east. A lot of people come back in because they're lonely. Um, yes. You know, they've been working at home and, and it's just not great for them. It's not great for their mental health. Mm-hmm. That can be very isolating in this in this profession. I think when you're working in an office on your own and not having contact with anyone else. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah those kitchen chats are valuable, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they? They are. They are, and we're very lucky at the Eves that you know our our team, our administrators, you know our finance team, everyone works really well together, and yeah. you know the communication there is very supportive. I find certainly. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you so Bridget look as we come to the end of this podcast I ask all of my uh, guests what what their therapy is what they do to take care of themselves and so what is that for you 
Um, my therapy, um, oh, hang <laughs> on, mate, uh, twofold. Um, I attend a ladies' boxing club. Um, so wow, <laughs> on a Sunday, <laughs> on a Sunday, I put my wraps on, I put my gloves on, and I pound seven bags of whatever out of the <laughs> the punch bags, along with a load of other women. And it's a boxing without vanity club. Uh, is what they call it. It's just wow. women grunting and sweating together which is nice um, <laughs> and the other is my spaniel um Poirot and hastings my dogs we are we walk for miles and miles mm. and miles and it's such an opportunity to engage in some mindfulness um to allow your your thoughts to just free roam um and to to be at one with nature uh which i know you love as well it's just yeah. um it's it's there to be enjoyed and uh particularly through the pandemic, it became even more valuable, I think, to, well, certainly to me. Absolutely. There's twofold there, isn't there? You've got the endorphins and then you've got the yeah. mindfulness, all, yeah. all of which, you know, keep us balanced in this yeah. challenging world that we exist in. Well, that's the hope. <laughs> well, listen, Bridget, thank you so much. I'm very grateful to you for coming on the podcast today. And um, I look forward to talking to you again sometime in the future. Thank you so I'll much. I'll talk to you soon, Matt. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it gave you the opportunity to learn a little bit more about therapy and what might work for you. If something in today's episode resonated, then please check out the show notes for more details. I'd love to hear your feedback on today's episode. And you can find me over on Instagram and Facebook at what's underscore your therapy. I'd love it if you could take the time to leave a review and don't forget to press follow if you want my show to automatically download every week. I can't wait to speak to you on the next episode. In the meantime, please know you're doing your best. Hold up. 